Josh, is it is it recording? Well, you could have you could have said it was recording. Hiya, it's Sally here. <laughs> just a quick one, just a quick one. You can now rate Say Your Mind podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So if you can, do make sure that you do both. I know that some of you are just a little bit lazy. Oh, I can't say that. But why? Why, why is it rates? Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> now for the urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Sit so down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind You'll always be a part of me I'm part of you indefinitely. No way you're never gonna shake me. I'm COVID and I'm just mutating, baby. <laughs> I am not okay. Wow. Um, you're telling me now we've got Fluorona? We had Delta, we had um, uh, COVID Omarion slash Omicron, and now we've got Furona, a mix of flu and... I want to get out of the simulation. Get me off this Bombaclart ride immediately. Anyway, it is what it is. I pray that you're listening to this and you're well or and or healing. Um, sending you all of the love. And what are you listening to? You are listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. And I'm back. Kalechi's back in a blood clot building. What's going on? What's going on, my people? What's going on? Um yeah do you like the new intro i hope you like the new intro because spotify have this new feature now where you can rate uh podcasts on there as well and i know that like oh i want to say 70 percent of people listen on apple podcasts and you lot have been doing a madness over there in the ratings and i really really appreciate you um but now that spotify is doing this thing just jump over there quickly drop it a little five stars and we keep it moving just so that everybody everywhere knows that I'm the baddest bee. Um, I put, well, I'm not the baddest bee because there's lots of bad bees. But you know, sometimes when you're a rapper, um, as I am, you have to kind of like big yourself up. And uh, especially if you haven't hyped, like hired a hype man, you sort of have to do it yourself. But there's lots of bad bees. I'm just one of them. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, like Megan is the stallion. Do you get me? I'm just Kalechi the podcast or Kalechi the baby girl, you know? Um, so yeah. Kalechi the Ben's Purani womanist um, A real term is staying with us now It's part of history It is what it is But um, I hope you're well Like I said Like I'm sending you all love If this is your first time tuning in Oh my god You're in for a wild fucking ride um, And for my regular people then um, I appreciate you for coming back So let's get into the things I'll start with um, the bits that I've uh, Kind of experienced I guess in the, in the last week So in last week, my partner, he um, 
he was um, fitting a new toilet and radiator in the bathroom. And so he was just like, you can't stay in the... I can't even do a Polish accent. But it was basically... I was about to do an Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm just a shit person, to be honest. Anyway, um, he was like, you can't stay in the flat because I need space to be able to do the things. So Lev and I stayed in a nice hotel nearby you know like one of them apartment hotels and it was just super cute to kind of spend the day after boxing day um and a couple of days after staying in a cute hotel while the work was being done and we came back to a nice new toilet and a nice new radiator in the bathroom although you know like sometimes you look at something you're just like should you have fixed it that way but you you know just like you know what you're the professional so let me just mind my business um but it all looks really cute and I'm really glad um, that I get to save so much money because I have somebody that actually can do things. Um, so, yeah, that was really nice to stay um, out for a few days. It's like like a weird staycation. I haven't really had a staycation, you know, since the panoramic has been raging. The panda bear has been out here growling. Um, so it was nice to do that with Left for a few days while that was being done. And it gave me time to finish watching the bits that I was watching. So I've um watched the finale of Insecure. It was so cute. If you haven't watched it yet, you want to skip ahead, skip ahead, skip ahead about five minutes. Um well done to Issa Ray. You know, like massive well done to Issa Ray, to Yvonne Orji, to Prentice Penny, um, to Natasha Rothwell, to Amanda Seals, like to um Jay Ellis, who plays Lawrence, like the entire cast and crew, like big up yourselves. Um, the cinematographer, I forget her name, I think it's Anne Anna Burkowski or Burofsky or something. Big up yourself for being a white woman that kind of know or white person, sorry, that knows how to um light black people thank you for doing that appreciated greatly um so yeah I just think that in terms of what Insecure really has done it's just monumental to have I mean you know if you were listening to this podcast from the beginning obviously I didn't get to play a shrub in Compton um in LA I didn't get to play a shrub I didn't get to play a clerk a store clerk in the end but you know what the future's bright the future's orange. Something, something will happen down the line. I'm just so proud of everybody. And and in the end of the day, we got Yvonne Orji on the podcast, you know, talking about her book. So I feel like somehow, somehow we have all collectively been involved in Insecure in one way or another. Do you get me? Um, but, you know, I was just so proud of like, a lot of the myths that we hear when it comes to blackness being dispelled, like, oh, you know, the storyline, we can't have this, we can't have that. And it was nice to see like a brown skinned woman, brown skinned women, you know, the story being centered around them, hearing that Lauren London was considered as t- uh, to play Issa. I'm just so glad it didn't go that way. I'm so glad it didn't go that way. Like Insecure was that show that kind of focused on, I know that there were shows before, you know, like Martin and um, things like that. And over here we had like Desmond, which wasn't in the same vein, I know. But we have had shows where um, darker skinned women have been in and around it. But this was nice that this focused on um, black women, um, brown skinned, dark dark skinned women specifically um, and showed us looking beautiful. Like the outfits, the hairstyles, the makeup that they came with this season, they came out fucking swinging. They were like, no, we're going out. We're going to look cute all the way. And it was beautiful to see that and to see that growth is not final, you know, and and growth is not a linear process. Um, 
so I like that they really, really touched on um, those things and those elements. It was beautiful to see. Um, me personally, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't like the ending. I, I didn't. I I get why she needed to for that stage in her life maybe end with Lawrence because we started with Lawrence and I loved the through narrative of the birthdays being what took us through everything. But honestly. I could have done without Lawrence. I'm sorry, ever since, th- was it season two, when he was just so rude and he went and slept with them white girls and he thought he was really doing something and they played him. I don't know. I don't know. I've just never, from then I just didn't like Lawrence and my heart will always, because I'm a loyal motherfucker, my heart will always be with Daniel. God, he's beautiful. And I know like prospect wise, they wrote it that way though. I feel like Daniel could have easily been a great prospect for um, Issa, but they didn't want to write it that way because they always knew that Issa was going to make her way back to Lawrence. And that doesn't mean that everybody who's been in those situations that you're going to make it back to your ex. So strike that one right off. Um, But maybe for some of you, you will. But, you know, the ending for me was very, yeah, I would... mm, I I just, I didn't need Lawrence, to be honest. But you know what? For those, I think that before it was, they said that um, Gorgonzola or um, Gondola, no, sorry, Condola, before they said that she was pregnant in the last season and they went on that day together and you saw them maybe getting back together, that was beautiful. That did touch me a little bit. But at that point, I was ready to kind of let it go. But I guess they're showing that, you know, you can still have families outside of somebody having a child with somebody else and all of these things. And I guess it's, you know, a part of reality. Fine. Me personally, my issues actually just with Lawrence, like you can't erase my memory. My problem is with Lawrence. And, you know, Nathan was cute. Nathan was all right. Like the sex and the Ferris wheel will always stay on my mind. Um, But outside of that, you know, I could have done without Nathan too, which, you know, we ended up doing. Um, I just thought it was funny when uh, Kelly announced that she was pregnant at that dinner at the restaurant. And the first thing that Issa could say was, I thought you didn't want kids. And I I know that for the the sake of artifice and the fact that it's a show, she was maybe stressing that, but Kelly had already said it or alluded to it in the speech that she gave when she made the announcement that she was pregnant. So I don't know, someone's saying, oh, I'm pregnant and they seem happy about it. And you go, no, I thought you didn't want kids. Just seems a bit, yeah, it seems a bit wild. Um, Especially it's not even like they're telling you in private, you know, it's just you girls hanging out in the, in the house or in an apartment somewhere. And they're just like, oh, you know, I thought you didn't want to have kids. You said it at the restaurant. It just seemed a very, but then, you know, Issa's awkward, awkward black girl kind of follows through. But um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it was just interesting, but it's a show. And so they can, you know, do what they want. Um, Yeah. I thought that that was, funny that Kelly situation I'm just looking through my um, notes and you know and I'm happy for Molly I think that Torian was a good look because he was kind of there all along and there were like other little maybe red herrings that they kind of popped in there um all along but and that she got to see Dro and even with Dro being technically single um because he's not married um well he's not single he was with somebody there but you get what I mean he was no longer married to the woman that he was married to when they were doing a whole whole um open relationship thing 
So if Molly wanted to, there was the chance there, but I like that Molly was kind of like, nah. And her Oscar de la Renta dress that she wore on her wedding day, incredible. Issa looked beautiful in that red dress. Um, Lawrence looked like Lawrence and um, it was just beautiful all around and um, touching on losing a parent and grief and how life goes on and how you can still honour them even in your happiest moments. There were so many little, little things that they put in there and I agree that really the story all along was the love story between Molly and Issa in terms of friendships and it harkens uh, back to what we're talking about with Bell Hooks and romantic friendships like 2022 should be that year that we are looking at the friendships that sustain us and uphold us and thinking about how we nurture those and how um what is the love story like at the moment how what's the narrative what's the trajectory been like in the friendships that we hold dear the people that we call best friends what what has that journey been like um you know, and that's also interesting too, how we are in each other's lives and not in each other's lives at the same time. Um, but always there, always holding space. I think the last beautiful. So I love that element, um, of insecure, but I just wondered if maybe somebody could have not been in a partnership, but then at the same time, I understand that for black women, why not? Like who would have been the person that would have gone without, do you get me? Tiffany was already in her relationship with her husband and, you know, was they having a second child or whatever. Um, Issa had already the back and forth with Lawrence and um, Nathan and all of that stuff going on. And um, I love that Nasir though, the guy that they cast as Nasir, the guy that she was dating at one point, looked like Daniel. So that that felt good to me. Um, and then we have Molly. What do, does Molly not end up with somebody because she's got in a, she's in a high powered, um, career. So I understand that everybody had to have somebody. And so what would it have been Kelly that we left out of the mix and said, oh, Kelly's the one that goes to find herself and And because she doesn't want children or said that she didn't want children previously, you know, that that is why, um, and I'm thinking about that as well. Cause sometimes I think when we write things like, why can't the person that said that they don't want children be okay like why do people think it's weird when women are just like I don't want children um and then they turned it into oh she didn't just want any guy's child she wanted this guy's child and while that is plausible and people do change their minds there are definitely people who were just like I just don't want children there's nothing major about it it's just not something that I want in my life and to honor that and humanize that in the scripts as well but I you know people can make decisions and choices. And I think that that is what the final episode of Insecure focused on, that people can make choices and you might not be okay with them, the choices that they make, but it's their life and they can do what they want, you know, and they're not harming anyone, you know, so they can, you know, do what they want. So would it have been Kelly that ended up with nobody? Why? The woman that's the biggest of um, all of them size wise, are we saying that, oh, because like bigger women can't, find or keep love nah so I understand why everybody ended up being partnered in the finale it made sense it worked um but yeah it just did make me think about um so many things and I just love that we don't have to have stories when it comes to black women that's always about teaching white people about black womanhood insecure just focused on just being what it is and I think that that's beautiful too and I think that that's what I would want more of us to push towards um in this year and going forwards like we don't have to make art that's always explaining shit to white people i know that we're told by the industries that we're in that that is what's going to sell because if white people are interested oh yeah 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 fuck white people respective uh respectfully fuck you lot like make art that you want to make for you like and and what it speaks about to you and 
yeah, I know that sometimes we struggle to make these things in industries that want us to make things in a different way. But Insecure is that example that when you just make things from the place that you want to make it from, the people that it resonates with will find you and will find it. And I just think that that's, you know, that's great. And prior to Insecure, Issa Rae already had Awkward Black Girl on YouTube and it was all doing numbers. It was doing absolute numbers. So that was already proof that there is an appetite that black people just want to see things that just show them in a, just a, a light, not in a positive, negative way. It just shows them in a light, you know, they're just seen. And I just think that that, to me, that that, that was great. And it was great to have something that wasn't just constantly filled with trauma. I mean, we were aware of the things that are happening in and around their, their, you know, the characters. But we just got to focus on the characters and how they were messy and they didn't have it all together. Um, and even when you skip to the part where everything's OK, like Issa does in the finale, there are still questions. There are still things happening Um Although we don't get to see Condola in the final um, scene. But, you know, that also works too, I guess. She wasn't the focus of that. Um, and, yeah, so I just thought overall, you know, if I was going to give it a mark, it would definitely get a star. Thank you, Isa, for creating what you created and, and you know, inspiring people to go on from there. I know there was one person that was just like, oh, well, why are we celebrating Issa? What she actually done for the um, industry? Um, she didn't start from rags to riches. She was already, you know, in a middle class family. Some of you lot just need to take a break from the internet. Like, fam, join me. I'm currently not there. Take a break. Just take a break from the fuckery that you just sometimes trying to put big words to appear or to pretend that you're analyzing something where you're just being a fucking hater is annoying and the thing is it's not even like you're you you can be asking a genuine question like what are we celebrating but if you do not understand what's being celebrated then maybe sit this one out because to it's clear to people what's being celebrated they got to finish their Issa got to finish the show on her terms it wasn't like it got um discontinued or whatever she got to do a full run she got to finish out the characters flesh out the characters and finish when she wanted to finish and and be thriving and have people thriving through it I think that that is something to celebrate um but you know whatever whatever is what it is. I was also watching, um, I watched Don't Look Up on Netflix starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence and um, lots of other people. Um, while it made good observations about aspects of our society and uh, media helping um, slash hurting the truth, um, I just have an issue with the fact that they managed to gather, gather all those big names like Meryl Streep and this and that and Jonah Hill and one of these people and not one big name black woman was part of it. Like there was not one big name black woman that could have been a character. I know that we had one black woman at the New York Herald in one of the scenes, but ultimately it was very, very white. And we had like a, a black man in it as well. Um, yeah, I just, I, mm, mm. Just Jennifer Lawrence has been problematic for a little bit anyway. So I don't know if that had something to do with it. Maybe it didn't. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, it, mm, we had Kate Blanchett. I like Kate. You know, she did what she needed to do. We even had Tyler Perry. Fucking hell. But no big name black woman. It was just very weird to me. Um, and I, 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 mm, I can't say that I liked it or enjoyed it, but I watched it. You know, I finished watching it. And to be honest, if something like that were to be happening, like an asteroid about to hit Earth, it's unrealistic to me that you would make a film 
where black women what there wasn't a prominent black woman in it because black women are usually the ones organizing and mobilizing and trying to help people navigate things in this society so yeah to me it just wasn't real uh, realistic in that sense um and somebody joshua idehan wrote a very interesting he wrote a very interesting tweet which i thought was so to me um was just <laughs> very very accurate he said um What's great about Don't Look Up is how disgustingly uh, disgustingly nationalist it is. Only Americans know about the comet. Only Americans can stop it. And when Americans decide to change their mind, the rest of the world tries and fails because only Americans are good at shit like that. Um, like the script says, Russia, China and a bunch of other countries got together to try and save the world, but they fail and then they give up because only America would ever get the shit, uh, get the shit off the ground. Um, and he says, you know, I love this music, um, mu- uh, sorry, this movie, by the way. And and I and I love that. I love that because it's so true and it does follow in the vein of so many other um, action movies or movies in that vein where America really does believe that it is the center of the world. When they say, oh my God, this is going to, the world is going to end as we know it. They rarely are talking about any other country outside of America. That's it. Um, so yeah, it's funny that even in the mu- uh, movies that we continue to still consume, there is this hyper American um, nationalism to it where it's just like and Americans will save the day Americans you're like even when they talk about the president of America they're like he's the most powerful man in the free world it's funny that they phrase it as free world because there are more powerful people but you're just saying that in those countries they're not free because they're in dictatorships but are you not in a dictatorship fam Biden just got his shit and was just like so guys I'm out. We can't deal with this pandemic on a federal level. I'm going to go chill somewhere in a log cabin and, you you know, you lot sort it out on um, a state level. Yeah, cool. All right. Peace up. A town down. And he just, or peace up. Why talk down? Um, And yeah, he just bounced. And, and I think that that is disgusting, but it's not like Boris hasn't done similar. Like the pandemic is raging. um, Or are they saying it's endemic now? is raging and Boris is like, "Mm, so let me go for a young holiday and I'll just deny it when I get back. Um, so yeah, it was, a it was an interesting film in that I had observations about it, but I can't say that I enjoyed it. So yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's get into the tarot. I think like, let's do that. Let's get into the tarot for this week. I think the tarot is really interesting because sometimes I'll ask a question and because some. Well, spirit knows that I'm about to do the podcast because I set everything up, right? But sometimes spirit will be like, let's drag you on a podcast. I think that that would be really, really good for the listenership. Yeah, let's do that. Because otherwise, if we try to give you a message, uh, your message privately, you'll pretend that you didn't hear what we said. So let's just do this in a public forum. So I put to spirit, like, what is the, um, what is unconscious that needs to be made conscious, um, as we start our journey through 2022? What I think is so interesting about 2022 is that we start this year with Jupiter in Pisces, and I would implore so many of you, especially those of you who are thinking about children, who are thinking about family and stuff, go and check where the fuck Jupiter is in your chart currently. I'm so fed up of all of this. Oh, I don't know about astrology because I think it might be demonic things. Go check where the fucking planet is. I'm sorry, Jupiter, you're not a fucking planet. But go and check where Jupiter is 
because if it's in your fifth house, that's really, really good for you right now. If it's in your seventh house, in fact, I mean, wherever Jupiter is, like Jupiter is going to, you know, give you nice things. And, you know, that's that's the general nature of Jupiter. Like it expands, um, it's a planet, um, it's a benefic. So it brings abundance, it brings great things, or it magnifies what it touches. So whichever house it's in, whatever personal story that you have, because each of our astrological charts is our personal story that we're living through in this life. So whatever personal story that you're living through, wherever Jupiter is right now, it's going to magnify something there. But if some of you are considering children and all of that, that stuff and um family i would say go and look at where jupiter is and see what story is happening there and how you can mo you know make the most of um of that energy because then we know that from like around may then uh jupiter is moving into aries um which is nice if for some of you if your sun sign is aries and having jupiter there like we're going to see you in a really really big way um so that's cute. But yeah, just going to find out where Jupiter is and and um, which house it's in, because each house represents something like I'm not an astrologer currently. Um, but, you know, go and find out where it is and, and make the most of that. Like I said before, Jupiter for me is in my 12th house at the moment. And I wrote a, a blog post about it. If you haven't read it yet, go to kaleshiokafo.com and check out Angry Black and Woman. Um, I thought I'd write something because I'm not on socials at the moment. And there were things that I wanted to, you know, just thoughts that I just wanted to put out there. Um, and the, the main point about me writing that was just to say that it's, you know, the next few months, weeks, whatever, I'm just taking it to make, uh, build a better relationship with rest, build a better relationship with being behind the scenes, um, being okay with that, like seeing what can, you know, can be cultivated when I'm not feeling like this pressure to be reactionary and, and produce from a reactionary space. I love coming here every week and just report, uh, recording the podcast, but you know, maybe at some point I might be like, you know what, I'm going to take a hiatus. I don't know, but just being open to whatever it is I'm being called to do and however <clears throat> that's going to nourish me. Um, I, I want to see what that feels like because then, you know, I'm an Aries rising. So when we move into May, Jupiter moves into my first house. So God willing, the likelihood is that then I'm going to be out, you know, I'm going to be out in these streets. I'm going to really be out there. So it's about, you know, conserving energy and also letting go of what I think it means to be successful and what, what achievements actually look like. Um, and, yeah, so basically, I'm just saying, long story short, fam, this is your sign to go and find out where Jupiter is in your chart and make the most of it. Because I definitely know that where Jupiter is for certain people, you know, there's marriages happening this year, uh, pregnancies, babies happening this year. Like, go and check, go and check and make the most of it because um, it's good to have a you know, an idea of that. And for some people it's, it's in their fourth house of, you know, home, family, that sort of thing. So, and I know that people are already feeling the effects of that. Some people are already, you know, getting their first homes and, or moving homes, moving somewhere bigger. Um, you know, so many things are happening, um, or getting better, building better relationships with their family members, uh, rede redecorating their home, like just go and find out just go and find out what is happening for you.
go and do that um but in terms of the tarot let's actually get to the tarot that we've got the death card in reverse we've got the magician which in this card is called the supreme um i think that's what it's meant to be because they haven't numbered it i'm using the afro goddess tarot uh deck um i don't know why she hasn't numbered it but i know my deck so i i know that that's meant to be the magician um yeah i think so and then we've got the seven of cups uh we've got the hermit and then we've got the wheel of fortune and then we've got the daughter of pentacles my god wow it's going on (laughs) gorgeous gorgeous girls know where jupiter is in their chart currently yeah they know which which uh which house jupiter is currently transiting in their chart that's probably what i'm going to call this episode gorgeous gorgeous girls know where jupiter is um anyway death card in reverse uh and then we've got the magician what are you saying to us spirit not every death is um yeah not every death has to be scary or not every ending has to be scary sometimes something needs to end in um you know for some people it's some just generally sometimes things need to end because you need a new dynamic it's not that you're not coming back to that thing specifically so i'm thinking what comes to my mind for some people it's like a relationship when you hear that something in a relationship is ending you're like oh my god we're gonna break up but sometimes what it's telling you is that no, the, the, the dynamic that you had previously wasn't working or it had finished and you need a new dynamic. You can't keep going in this stale fashion. Um, whereas some, for some people, yeah, it is literally an ending, but that doesn't mean that maybe it's ended forever. It maybe just ended so people can have space and to think about who they are growing into so they can re-enter um, the relationship as the people that they now are rather than trying to hobble along as the people that they used to be um or yeah it was trying to kind of still stay like scrunched into the relationships that they're in even though that they're new people but they've outgrown the relationship dynamic so that's also something to consider and that when the when these things are happening because it's interesting that we've got the death card that's kind of like this is an ending but then we've got the magician card known as the supreme card here which is like well no because what we're coming through is that we're coming through as something new we're being birthed in our power we are appearing anew and so we know that the full card comes before the magician card um but this is saying that you're we're not we didn't get the full card because you're not new to this you're not new to this you're merely appearing this is a rebirth basically is what i'm saying here this is a rebirth that we're seeing now you're coming through um with your talents with what you've learned from being um uh, exploring earth exploring air exploring water exploring fire you now are the alchemist you now know how to use certain things to your benefit but um you have to be okay with sitting in this space where people will think that you have died. That's powerful spirit. Sometimes you go away, you retreat and to people, it might be like, Oh my God, are they fallen off? Oh, rah, rah, rah. When actually it's just like, no, I've just gone to recharge and I'll be back when I'm back. Um, 
And sometimes the grieving that you're being asked to do in this space isn't something that maybe has happened recently. Maybe there's just a part of you because you know that book, like the body keeps the score. Your body holds on to so many things and maybe there is a grief that now needs to live outside of you. There maybe there is a grief that no longer needs to be carried in your body, but for this to happen, you have to be in a state of rest so you can acknowledge what that thing is so you can get it out of you and into something. Ahime Aura was talking about something similar recently where it's just like you need for some some of the grief, some of the heartbreak that you have experienced, some of the pain that you have experienced now needs to live outside of you in terms of the work that you create. Not that that work will then be like doom and gloom, but know that just that energy of release, maybe telling that story, maybe putting that thing out there um, in a form that it can just live outside of you um, is important, you know, because maybe that is part of what you are bringing into the world. But um, yeah, it's about just not being scared, not being scared to retreat, not being scared to rest. Some of us are so scared of rest because it seems counterintuitive to what we should be doing in this society when people are like, oh, rise and grind. Um, You have the same number of hours in a day as Beyonce. Don't you think even Beyonce is tired? Don't you think that? So, you know, then we move from the Supreme, we move to the Seven of Cups. Now, the thing is, when you appear anew, when you are now um, the alchemist, you will now have certain options. You will now have certain things being um, presented to you. And sometimes we don't, people say, oh, you know, you you know the people, you know what people are like. Or no, they say you, you think, uh, what is it? You don't know what people are like when they have nothing. You know what people are like when they have everything. Now we're about to see the true test of your character. I'd say from about May onwards, you know, we're about to see the true test of your character when you are actually, when your wishes, when your desires are actually placed in front of you. It's like, now you can have this. And suddenly you're having to think, do I want this? I fought so much to get to here in the fight to get here, I've discovered so many things about myself that the person I now am might not want this. The person I once was, wow, this is their version of success. Like, oh, my big break, I finally made it. But then the you that you now are, it's like, well, no, because this no longer aligns with the my uh frequency it no longer aligns with who I know myself to be um and for some people this is happening around um uh what is this September end of August end of summer because I'm seeing the hermit card and so the hermit card again is saying you know you've now gone within and and the light that you found in yourself is just like yeah no this isn't this isn't this isn't for me um because it's literally, I love when the ancestors, when spirits telling us a story, like in the cards, like so many cards are out right now that I'm looking at. Um, and ultimately it is saying that you're going away to be rebirthed because you're, you're literally charging up every element that you can use um, to your greatest good. You're charging up all of your elements now so you can come. And what's funny is that in all of the images, the um the focal point the the figure that we're looking at is wearing white and i think that that's also interesting to me that you're coming out untarnished 
you're coming out ready to go. Like you're coming out um, anew. And I, and I think that that for some people it's marriage as well. You know, I'm thinking about the white dress and stuff. So maybe you're going away, reconfiguring what it means to be married. And then you're starting in a new dynamic for some people. Um, And for some people it's important as well, because I try to do this usually on Sundays. I try to wear white if I can. Um, Colors are important. You don't want to be absorbing Higiaga energy. So wherever you can try to wear that. Um, And it's funny that the one time that they're not wearing it, we've got, they're wearing a black dress and then they're wearing a green dress. So I look at the black dress and I'm looking at the seven of cups. You're going to have to mourn the things that you thought you wanted. You're going to have to mourn the things that you thought that when I get this thing, all these bitches are going to know, oh, the hose will be screaming when, oh my God. Um, But then you now don't want those things because you're realizing that, you know, actually there's a version of success that doesn't yet exist in this life. And I am part of the reason that it will exist because I show people that there is another way to know success and to know peace. And that is what I'm putting forward. That is what I'm putting on the table because everything else that we're trying to attach ourselves to, and I keep reminding us is crumbling. I don't want that. And so it's important that you now go on this journey, this um, introspective journey, journey. That's why we're seeing the hermit. You're going on this introspective journey because what? The wheel of fortune. And again, we're seeing the elements again, like literally everything is coming together alchemically, like astrologically, everything is coming together elementally to finally open that portal for you where your dreams can come true. Because then we've got the daughter of pentacles here, which is um, akin to the page of pentacles. So for some people, they're starting again somewhere or they're starting somewhere um they've got white roses in their hair so it's making me think of um um Yemoja um again you know I get this idea of because Yemoja looks after the uh, is it the rivers and and children and new mothers oh strong energy there strong energy there but um for some people, this is literally like they're starting somewhere anew. They're moving somewhere. They're relocating somewhere or they're starting in a new industry and they're starting with just the seed of an idea, but they're ready to go now. Um, but yeah, the portal is open. That's why we've got the Wheel of Fortune. For for a while, that Wheel of Fortune was in reverse, right? And it's saying that what's, ne- what's being made conscious is for some people as well, it's like you need to retreat because there's an idea that's trying to come through. There's an innovation that's trying to come through that you need to rest for it to be gifted to you, daughter of pentacles, for it to be gifted to you, because that is what is, you know, that's going to fertilize the roses that bloom in your life. So rest, 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 be okay with the things that look like they're ending, be okay with the things that, um, with people thinking that you're not doing anything, because I think that that's another thing as well. A lot more people would be okay with their rest period, with almost like what seems to be their death period. Um, because we go through, you know, endings and beginnings every single day in our life. Every single day, there is an ending and a beginning every single day in so many different moments. And we don't go screaming up and down and worrying about those ones. Most of the time we don't. So why be scared of these themes being made more apparent to us right um so yeah but but some people are scared of appearing to not be doing anything because of what other people will perceive because you know people are 
quick to be like, oh, they've fallen off. Oh, I haven't heard from them in a while. Maybe they're not getting work anymore. And you're like, no, 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 I need to post something to be like, oh, happy to announce that. Shut up. Respectfully shut up. Shut up and go inwards and be okay with not happy to announce anything. Just keep your head down. Keep your head down for a little while. Um, And when it's time, you know, the people then will know. So, um, yeah, it feels like a personal drag because I know what that's saying for me. But, you know, I pray that it resonates with other people as well. And um, the from the spiritual seasoning for the soul deck um, that um, I made, we've got your happiness should not depend on things that haven't happened yet. Ha ha ha, drag me. Peace is always waiting for you to choose it is the second card. And the third card is when making a decision, consider which option makes your heart smile. Funny that all three cards are the orange cards. Um, The first card was number 31 for the other card was number 35, eight. And then the last card was number uh, 23, five. Interesting. Um, Yeah, that is a word. That is a word. Your happiness should not depend on things that haven't happened yet. And it shouldn't. You don't know what's in store for you. You have your idea of what will be so great. Like if I had this, this will be so great. But trust that you are loved so much. You are loved so much that sometimes the things that you want don't go the way that you want them to. Because also remembering that we have a maximum lifespan um, in this uh in this existence, the, the souls that we inhabit or the souls that we are, um, in the bodies that we inhabit have a maximum lifespan. Now you want to make the decision that lets you use the optimal lifespan that you have within this body, but you can make decisions that shorten that. Right. So sometimes the things that you don't get, you don't get them because spirit wants you to have your maximum lifespan. Keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. There's a there's an Udu in Ifa that actually talks about that. Um, well, numerous actually, but just trust that the spirit that loves you beyond the love that you have for yourself, that that can see the timelines that are happening simultaneously, um, that goes beyond your understanding, will not let you have the things that you think that you want because the the trajectory that that takes you on does not allow you to have your optimal lifespan within the body that you currently inhabit as this soul. Be thankful for that and pray over time that you are guided um, along the timeline that allows you the most peace and the optimal um Uh, span of life that you can have um and peace is always waiting for you to choose it that goes back to the seven of cups that we were looking at earlier will you choose peace will you choose peace when all the options are placed before you as this as we go through this year uh, or the next 365 days in fact let's say specifically let's focus on the next six months let's not even go beyond six months let's focus on the next six months in the next six months you're going to be offered things that look like the things that you wanted previously right in there there will be an option to choose peace but it might mean not choosing the things that you thought you wanted previously will you choose peace will you show that you've grown um spiritually will you choose the thing that will bring you most peace let's see um and when making a decision consider which option makes your heart smile that again goes back to peace will you choose the thing that makes your heart smile or will you choose the thing that will give you the short-term gratification of being like hoes yeah all my haters yeah 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 yeah. see what i got now bitches um is that what you're gonna go with let's see anyway 
I think that's enough of a personal drag. I don't like being dragged in such a way. So unfair. I'm just a baby girl. No, actually, that was such a beautiful message. Thank you, Spirit. I love you so much. Thank you, Mother Goddess, Father God. Thank you so much. Thank you to the ancestors. Thank you to my spirit guys that just stay riding with a baby girl, stay riding with a baby G. Um, truly appreciated. I pray that that message resonates with you. Anyway, let me pick up the first of this week's show sponsors who are Dipsy. Be right back. This is a new one for us. Whoa. So emails, laundry, groceries, the list goes on. There's a lot that's on your to-do list, but what should be at the top? The answer is you, baby. The answer is you. This year, put yourself first with the help of Dipsy. And I was literally just talking about this in a tarot as well. Uh, But basically, Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories. That's right, sexy. Omar, the stories are sexy. Sexy audio stories, and now they even have brand new written stories. No matter who you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy helps bring the stories to life anytime anywhere but please obviously be aware that you're on the tube if you're taking the subway things like that be very aware of your surroundings in it close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority whoa whoa venus is going to be conjunct neptune soon explore your fantasies in a safe and shame-free way There are hundreds of stories to choose from and they release new content every week. So there's always more to explore. And they also have wellness sessions to help you wind down and explore and sleep sessions to help you drift off. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30 day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash straws. That's D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash straws. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash straws. Dipsystories.com slash straws. Go and get your sexy on. Anyway, let's get to share your magnificence. So first in this week for share your magnificence, I wanted to touch on this story that I thought was really cool. There's a project called uh, uh what is it the smiling boys exhibition that's s-m-i-l-e slash or dash i-n-g smile smile ing boys exhibition it's a uk-based project promoting positive mental health whilst challenging stereotypes um and it's based in east london um so those who have taken a recent trip to hackney east london may have noticed some vibrant looking portraits of smiling teenage black boys dotted around various venues around the borough the smiling boys project aka send me inspiring loving energy oh i love that founded three years ago by internationally acclaimed photographer poet and creative expressionist k rufaya i think i met k i think i met k when i went to this uh, event to watch this short film he was wearing lots of orange if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong but i just love that um and was created in response to the res- uh, to the rise in violence and issues of mental health among young bl- uh, young people in the uk 
Yes, yes, I did meet him. Yeah, it is the person I'm thinking of. Yes, yes, I loved his energy, loved his energy. Um, funded by the Wellcome Trust, Paul Hamlin Foundation and the Arts Council, the project works primarily with young black boys, often mostly negatively impacted by mental health. Rufai, a British-born Nigerian who spent part of his childhood in Los Angeles, America, where he developed a passion for the arts, which dashed any hopes his mother had of him becoming a doctor, has seen the positive impact his project is making on young lives across London. To date, we have worked with over 300 young boys covering 10 London boroughs and the latest project taking place in Hackney, East London. Sharing my love of photography, poetry and creative expression with the young boys, participating in the project has led to many, if not all of them, developing a more positive self-image of themselves and whilst also challenging the negative stereotypes which often come their way through a lack of understanding of today's youth culture, race and diversity. The photos of the smiling boys on display in three venues around the London borough of Hackney, Graham Road, Off Mare Street, Dalston Lane and Stamford Hill Station have grabbed the attention of not only members of the general public, but also members of Hackney Council. Um, Safe, uh, Sophie Conway, councillor for Hackney Central, Off Mare Street and chair of the Children and Young People Scrutiny Commission said, I'm thrilled to see artist Kay Rufai's uh, Smiling Boys project uh, photos dotted around my borough. Hackney. Imagery is powerful and these photos with their warm and bright colours framing the smiling faces of the boys is a stark contrast to the dark and negative imagery of black boys that we often see in articles on gangs and youth crime. Um, the disproportionately negative representations of black boys in our media undoubtedly serves to stigmatise and demonise black boys and the smiling boys' photos serve to powerfully counter such negative narratives. I'm hugely supportive of the broader ambitions of this smiling boys project with its focus on well-being approach to promoting the well, uh, mental health and happiness of our black boys. I'm also so pleased that boys from Hackney were able to take part in the project and I look forward to seeing key uh, learning from this work influence the ways in which we both support and view black boys um yeah i think that that's great so i'm just reading that from the voice um online i want to get k on the show i remember when i actually saw him at the event that i went to and i was thinking to myself i would love to have this guy on the show because i just love um to interact with black men who are approaching um helping black boys and other black men from um from an esoteric space from a metaphysical space not just you know yeah they, there was just an energy about him that was otherworldly that wasn't like he wasn't saying like some of the things that some black men just love to spout when we're having these conversations about um crime and and the stigmatization of black men like i don't have their personal experience so obviously they can share it in the way that they want to share it but then when they are talking sometimes i'm like yeah but we have to move out of the physical there's something happening energetically you have to understand that there is um like a psychological warfare there is a spiritual warfare that's happening right now and to just focus on the physical we're losing we're gonna lose we have to move this battle into the spiritual realm and I feel like that is partly what he you know he speaks about as well and and this is why this project is so powerful because everywhere you you're being you want to be shown black boys as like or stern and you know grimy and this and that and this and that but bright colors oh baby bright colors and young black boys smiling that is powerful that is powerful because it's 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 reconfiguring 
the collective consciousness into um like understanding that we deserve space for black people and black boys to feel joy you know and once people start getting that they once that that starts being reprogrammed in their consciousness they will move away from oh is that a large group of um or is that a group of black boys gathered oh i have to cross the road or this and that like and also more importantly it allows black boys to see themselves happy because for some they believe that it's literally not a reality that they are not deserving of happiness they are not deserving of joy that they are not deserving of peace so if they believe that on a visceral level on a subconscious level that is all that will come through in their consciousness but if we start reprogramming them to understand that no peace and joy is your birthright and you see more smiling faces faces that look like you you're seeing that reflected back to you you can't help but to seek happiness because we go to emulate the images that are around us you know it's not just fluff when we say you um you know you you can't be if you can't see it in certain regards if you do not know that happiness is possible for you because you're not seeing images like that reflected to you then you're only going to work with what you've got and so that's why I think that this project is powerful and you know I just fucking love to see it so I'll see if I can reach out to Kay in some way to get him on the show because that would be really really beautiful um so two slaps in your chest k rufai two slaps for doing um incredible work for shifting the narrative for shifting the dynamic on uh, on a spiritual level i i love it because that's what this project says to me um and then we've got an update from emma who i spoke about um i think was it last week i think it was last week emma says Hi, Kalechi. Just a quick one. Just a quick one. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for sharing the work of the Goddess Projects in Share Your Magnificence a couple of weeks back. It really gave the group a boost to get that recognition and to raise the profile of the amazing work of TGP, Dominique and Natalie. I completed the 300k challenge on Christmas Eve with a 24k run. Guan, the furthest, uh, the furthest I've ever run in one go. That's beautiful. As I write this, I'm about to head out for my first run since completing the challenge, determined to keep up the good fitness habit and working towards my next running goal of the Cambridge Half Marathon in March. Oh, baby, you're ready. You're ready to do 24K. You're ready. Um, I'm thrilled to let you know that I have more than doubled my initial fundraising goal for TGP and intend to keep the fundraiser open until the end of the month. The Goddess Projects are so excited at the potential for growth that this money represents and we can't wait to see what 2022 will bring we'll keep you updated best wishes for the year or best wishes for the new year emma uh p.s love that you started watching succession it's excellent and i'm enjoying hearing your take on it i've actually finished everything now that they've got out finished it all very interesting times um pps decided to watch sex in the city and just like that on your recommendation i've had to pause the first episode several times as it's making me cringe so much but I'm going to push through. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not even going to read you lot the ending, but yeah, push through, push through. It's worth it just to see that shower scene. It's worth it just to see that shower scene. Um, is it at the end of episode one or whatever? It is rather cringy in bits, but they're, they're, they're older and, um, you know, it's, it's cute. I, I think that it is cute and there's something comforting that I like about it. There's something that it gives me in terms of nostalgia while being placed in a present the most recent episode that i watched where was it um miranda was moving mad in the kitchen gosh like 
honestly just wild behavior wild behavior um, but two slaps on your chest emma for completing your challenge for setting yourself a goal and seeing it through i find that i'm such a like a um goal orientated person like i train best when i have a set date to do a set thing um but yeah you know it's just how i work best i i try to kind of not do that but I always find that it gives me structure when I have a date in mind to do something. So I think it's great that you've got the Cambridge Half Marathon as the focus for the next thing because it will keep you on track. It'll keep you on job. So I love that. Um, and then I've got another letter to wrap up. Share your magnificence. I love it when people call it show your magnificence because it still works. It still works. It says here, dear Kalechi, I hope you are well. I've been listening to Say Your Mind Pod for nearly a year and have composed this nomination several times in my head. It is time to put it to paper as the year draws to a close. Thank fuck. I would like to nominate and thank you, Kalechi, for your truly brilliant and inspiring work. I'd like to share how your magnificence changed my life. I began a different spiritual journey at the end of 2019 a year peppered with loss and grief and an important house move. And um, as soon as I settled, I felt a divine presence and an absolute assurance that I would heal here. Though I had no idea how or where this would take me, I trusted that I would be guided. I was raised in a church cult and suffered great spiritual abuse and harm. Though I left organised religion 17 years ago, I've never found a way to honour my spirituality. It was so healing and refreshing to be guided to my power by you through the podcast, albeit courtesy of the woman's hour, Shegaris. I've always had the gift of intuition, deep, ancient at times, knowing and foresight, but the church made me terrified of it. And I considered this gift a curse rather than a blessing. However, after listening to you week after week, truly immersed in your power and spirituality, I was inspired to tap into my gifts and be led by spirit. I found my way, my spiritual path, and I'm finally embracing my gifts without fear of hell and damnation. This is thanks to you, a guiding light, a voice of confident hope, healing, trust, and recognition of the divine in all of us. The tarot readings each week keep me more, uh, give, um, keep me going more than you know. There is always a word for me and sometimes the only word that keeps me from despair. I'm now stepping into my power and it has ruffled several feathers. Good. This is how I know I'm on the right path and I'm only just starting. So once again, thank you for being your magnificent, powerful, fearless self and thank you for changing my life. I know one day I will have a reading with you and I'm impatient for it, but spirit is always on time. Until then, I receive your gifts to me through the podcast with grace, gratitude and a cackling sound of several hyenas. May you be blessed with your G-Wagon and everything else your heart desires and can handle, Karen. Oh, I don't know why that made me emotional. Thank you. That's beautiful, Karen. Two slaps on your chest. Like, I'm just so proud of your growth. Um, Yeah, I think that even mentioning the woman's hour shaggeries, which I'll touch on later like happy anniversary to me like wow because that's a year since that happened almost yeah a year and a few days um you know yeah it's uh it's really really something i think that with the history of um uh trigger warning here abuse so um you can skip forward a little bit but with the history of um 
child abuse um in my younger years i think that oh that's just made me so emotional um yeah i think that or i know that not i think i use more assertive words i know that one of my biggest fears was around like shame shame like when something like that happens to you when you're younger all you feel is this deep sense of shame because you're not like you're not like everybody else you don't feel like you're you don't feel like you're like everybody else and um yeah that robs you of so much I feel like that robs you of so much happiness I remember like I used to watch Blossom on TV I think it was on channel four and this random sitcom with Blossom used to be one of the only things that I would really really like look forward to just to feel a little bit um just normal really and that shame is always kind of there you know and through going to therapy for years and years or taking myself to therapy um getting to the point where I'm blessed enough to actually be able to pay for it myself so I'm not having to like fight with the NHS or whatever um that was a thing you know and and so last year it was a sort of reckoning it was me being faced with this thing that I've always been scared of like public shame and being like no actually no motherfucker's gonna shame me because I've claimed these parts of myself and when I fuck up I own up to fucking up but what you're not going to do is act like my fuck up is the reason that you um are going to be um self-aggrandizing or whatever because you're an idiot and you're a wayward witch um and that is what we're going to address today and I feel like that really allowed me to like step in my power and and that was it for me it was just like this chain broke um and I felt free you know and it's just like nothing that I know of myself and I embrace and I accept about myself can ever be used for my destruction to get me and so sometimes when it feels like things are happening to us and um, they are happening for us and oh spirit that's a word rewind rewind pull up selector when things feel like they're happening to us in life sometimes they are happening for us and that needed to happen to show me just the amount of power that I do have in being able to tell my own story and not being held down by this crusty island and the institutions that that govern it through media and thinking that those powers still run or that they they can still hold me like nah you can't um I remember when I did Special Forces Ultimate Hell Week and I t- uh, there's a part where I talk about the abuse. Like they do this thing where they almost like waterboard you. Like the, we had bags over our heads and um, they would randomly come at certain times with the bag over your head and come and like pour, pour water over you. Um, and you're sitting, it was like midnight, you're sitting on cold, muddy ground in the middle of the forest with your hands tied behind your back and you're just sitting there indefinitely. Um and I got hypothermia when they did that actually. And so then they take you into a room, take the bag off your head, um, and then they question you about things and why you're here and rah rah rah. I still see them do it on the um SAS Who Dares Wins. They do it on that as well, that show. Um and so I talk about how um 
the abuse that I experienced led me to teaching to work and and getting people moving and the the kind of things that I speak about. And so then when it came to post-production, I remember that I was then asked by the producer um, when I was still like when I'd said, OK, I'm done with the show now, like episode three or something. Um, the producer took me to the um, house, the you know, the whatever house that we were staying in um, in Franschuk. Um, and so he was like, oh, yeah, um, I remember that you, you know, mentioned this on the show. And so the um, the team that are working on putting everything together, I just want to know um, whether you want us to actually air it. And I was just like, well, if I said it, I don't mind it being aired. Like I said it in it. So I don't mind it being aired. And he's like, yeah, because I just wanted to check because if it does go to air, um, if we do air it and then you have grievances about it later on um, and you try to say anything publicly, you know, it is the BBC and we can end you like they can finish your life. And I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But even then, when that was being said to me in 2016, there was something about it that riled me up inside. And I think it was in that moment I said, <laughs> me, me, I will show you that you made that statement to the wrong person. And I know that some people in their jobs, they feel like invincible and they feel like they can say anything to anybody. And maybe because they're part of certain organisations, they're just like, yeah, you know, maybe they've run that script before and it's made people quake in their boots. But actually what it did to me and Aries rising like me, I said, yo, I'm going to come back for all of you lot, all of you, all of you. Because I had no issue with it being aired. Obviously, like I said, I said it about my experience as a child. I said it, so I don't mind it being aired. But it's the way that even after I said, I don't mind, he then still wanted to threaten me. Like, let me know that just in case, rah, 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 rah. I said, Naji. I will flog you in any way that I see fit going forward and later on. You're not, it's not, none of your things tie me, like none of your contracts tie me. I will say what I want to say. But yeah, that producer was a wild guy. And that statement just stuck with me. He was like, yeah, so if you wanted it removed, like I'm the only person right now that you have contact with that can have that removed so they don't use it when um, they make the final edit of that episode. But if you do not feel comfortable with it and you don't say now when it goes out later on and you try to say something publicly like the BBC, they're massive. They will crush you. Like they will crush you. <laughs> it's funny because it's a lie. <laughs> crush me. Crush me where? Omar. I am a steel ant. You can't crush me. You'll crush yourself. But um, no, I said that to kind of say like it's been a real journey. And so that happening and me making the episode where I talked about everything last year, um, that still is the most listened to episode. It has the maddest numbers, that particular episode. So I know that the people who needed to hear it fucking heard it. And they knew, they knew in that moment that I'm not the one, nor have I ever been the one to try that fuckery with. Um, and so, yeah, because of that, it makes me stand firmly in my power. Prior to that, we had 2000, what, 2018, where my name was trending for days when people, oh my God, you know, she's with the white guy as if that wasn't clear prior to. And again, people trying to shame me. And that was so soon after having a miscarriage as well. Like I've really like spirit, especially Saturn has really been on me about this thing of like, I will not let you live a life where you are incarcerated by shame, where you are imprisoned by shame. By one way or another, you'll learn that. Ah, who die of insult? Who, baby, 
Omo, who die of insult? Taloku, nobody's died. Omo, people are insulted and the people try to shame them every day. You just rise, you keep going. But I think that that's important to recognize that, like, you can't come and die of shame. Do you get me? Like, people will try to shame you because it's the most powerful weapon that people know because they shame themselves constantly. It's a weapon that they wield against themselves. So they will try to wield it against you. But once you then say that that a weapon no longer has power against you, you will soar. And that is what I found. Like, that happened in 2018 after the um, miscarriage. And I had so many, like, down moments, like, really, really down moments where I was just like, what is the point of life? What is the point of any of this? Like, I lost faith in so many things, but I needed to lose the faith in those things to understand that the faith that I needed to have was in my own inherent divinity and ultimately in spirit and hold that and move forward with that. And since then, like nobody can really chat to me. Nobody can chat to me. And I feel like even then the energy of the podcast changed because I was just like, I'm going to say certain things because the only thing, the only power you had prior was shame and you can't use that on me. So what now? What now? You'll talk, you'll talk and you'll finish talking and baby, I'll still be living. I will still be thriving. So you know, even when I, there was the whole black to front thing, when I was talking about this uh, channel four and people were jumping up and down to be like, well, you didn't get it because you're not likable and you know, you're bad vibes. But look at all the things that I did get. Do you get me? Like, look at all the things, like, are you all right? But again, I didn't even say anything when people were chatting that because I've just moved beyond it. There's so many things that have happened online and in different places that I just don't respond when it's happening. Cause I'm like, oh babe I've outgrown this I've outgrown this like all you're trying to do right now is do theory and use big words to just say that you're just a hater and I have no time for it and you lack understanding you lack nuance you lack range and you uh, most times you lack talent and I've been blessed with all of that so I've just got to do what I need to do and face my front and that is what I implore everyone to do like do not let shame be something that can be used or wielded against you look into the areas of yourself look into every crevice of your being and find where that shame resides and ask it why it's there ask it why it's there see it's like sit with it and just nur- like nurture it give it the parenting that maybe you didn't have and just let it move through you, you know, like, and it's, it's not, um, it's not a definitive process. It's not that you, it's one and done. No, because there'll be different things that trigger that emotion. So although I'm talking about this, I do know that there'll be other instances where I come back to the same lesson, because the thing is, we never stop learning from, you know, we never stop learning lessons, even from the same theme. There is also, there was always another thing. And there is always another facet of the same lesson to be learned. And we just have to be open to that. Um, So yeah, thank you for that. Two slaps on your chest, Karen, for that message. And two slaps to me for for growing and from learning, um, even when it's felt tough. And hopefully I'll listen back to this episode one day when I'm really going through it. And I need to remind myself that I've already been through it and I've done fine before. So I'll do fine again. Um, But yeah, that's that for Share Your Magnificence. So I guess we will jump to um, So You Mad. This week on So You Mad, So You Mad is just hilarious. Anyway, first things first, I noticed I've been told that I've been nominated for Mum of the Year at the Glow Mama Awards. Glow Mama, I think it's .co.uk. I'll put a link in um, the show notes. So if you want to vote for me, you can vote for me. Um, I was nominated before and didn't win. So it is what it is. But if you want to 
vote for me this time, go right ahead for mum of the year. Um, I know that Stacey Solomon is in the category and uh, she's a babe. Um, and um, Joely Beerley is also there who created Pregnant um, Then Screwed. Um, and I think that her work is great as well. And just um, two other, oh, is it two other or one other um, nominee as well? Just wonderful people. But yeah, if you want to vote for me, it's right there for you to vote. Um, but yeah, I it is what it is. I, I, I keep it moving either way. Um, so yeah, this week on So You Mad. <laughs> oh, cats are trying to kill you lot. I said it before, all of you cat owners, I was telling you that your cats don't like you. I, and I just think that's what's so interesting about cat owners. Because I'm like, oh my God, little Shushu just scratched my face off. She's so cute. Little Shushu just scratched my eyeballs out. She's so feisty. Why is little Shushu scratching you up like that though? Have you sat down and really asked yourself why you have a pet that's constantly trying to take you out of the game? Like this is something that you really need to investigate. Um, so yeah, I just, when I saw the story, I was just like, this is hilarious to me. Just bringing it back up now. I've got so many things that happen on this, um, on this page with all my notes. Um, but it's not just cats. There are other wild things, um, happening as well, but it would be great to see where my cat story, my cat story is, here it is. It says here, um, South Korean officials warn that cats have been starting fires by turning on stoves. Can you see it? They're trying, they're literally trying to cook you. Your cats are trying to cook you. It says here, the fire department of Seoul, South Korea is warning cat owners to be especially careful in the kitchen. More than hundred house fires in the city between January, uh, 2019 and November, 2021 were attributed to cats accidentally turning on electric stoves, according to the Seoul Metropolitan Fire and Disaster Headquarters. Let's go through that stat again. A hundred house fires in the city uh, between January 2019 and November 2021. The, the cats are meeting up. The cats, they they have, um, you know, the way that we have like the United Nations, they have the United Felines and they're meeting up and they're discussing how they're going to take out humans because they are fed up of our shit, just fed up of it. And this is one, you know, phenomenon that's taking place over here. But you'll see, you'll see more instances, more stories will pop up because the cats are uniting they are taking us the fuck out. And you know what? I get it. I totally get it. Not even going to argue with you lot. Not arguing with you, Shushu. Do what you're doing. Um, it says here, if an electric stove has touch sensitive buttons, a cat can accidentally switch it on by jumping up and put, um, hitting the controls with their paws. Luckily, there are easy things you can do to prevent your cat from becoming an unintentional arsonist. So funny that you put unintentional because it's very intentional. The intent is chanel. Um, Many electric stoves with button controls have a function that allows users to lock the buttons, which keeps them from being activated by someone who shouldn't uh, do so, like a cat or a small child. The salt officials recommended using this feature, as well as keeping flammable objects like paper towels away from the stove. Uh, this warning was specifically about electric stoves with buttons, but you still may want to cat proof your stove if it uses knobs. There have been instances of especially dexterous cats 
accidentally manipulating stove knobs and turning on a burner or in the case of gas ranges filling a home with flammable gas boy in these cases the problem can be avoided by buying childproofing covers to go over the stove's knobs in the united states about 1000 house fires a year are started by pets um though the uh, according to the nonprofit american humane though the organization does not break down which uh, that figure by species no 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 they need to break it down by species because i i have a very good feeling that the, the felines are behind it the cats are behind it this isn't even cat hating this isn't an, even an anti-cat podcast i'm just letting you know that you should respect the felines in your life because they are meeting up together and deciding what's going to happen to you there's this place in peckham right on rye lane where there's like a mosaic of an eye above the kind of like archway it's a white archway and cat in their droves gather in that car park and they gather around that eye there is something otherworldly that is taking place there and i do believe that they are planning and they are plotting to finish us because they are fed up of our shit honestly that is what i believe but i needed to share that story because when i saw it i said "Mm, you know what i knew it was coming i knew it was coming knew it um otherwise next story is uh the chatawale and um you know the burner boy beef that seems like another cat fight (laughs) their claws were out (laughs) no honestly it was so disappointing so disappointing burner and chatawale so disappointing so for context for those who don't know these are two um west african artists um chatawale is ghanaian burner boy is um, nigerian um both make great music i really like chatawale's music and i really like burner boy's music um And so there was this whole thing happening where people were discussing the fact that Nigerian artists don't put other African artists on, like um, the way that Nigerian artists are blowing internationally and how Afrobeats is blowing up internationally. um, They feel like, oh, Nigerians aren't really sharing the space, which instinctively I'm just like, that is untrue because I know that firstly, other artists from other countries within Africa have had bangers. They've had bangers it's up to you to keep the consistency, you know, um, that's one thing, but you know, there's, I don't want to be defensive. I'm sure that there are, there are nuanced takes on this. However, it then turned into this whole thing where Shatawale was, um, coming at Nigerians saying the same thing. And then he ended up in this whole tussle with Burner Boy and they were arguing back and forth. And he was basically like, oh yeah, the reason that other artists aren't popping is because Nigerians don't really share their platform and they don't share this and they don't share that. But R2Bs is Nigerian, I'm sorry, he's Ghanaian. And I've heard him on bear tracks with Nigerians. Shatawale has been on tracks with Nigerians. Like, I'm sorry, but Shatawale was on a whole track with Beyonce. In fact, that was my favorite song on the album. thing, you know it. King already, my baby, you know it. My money ain't got a king body. Hey, got a ring body. Oi, big tune, a big tune already. Big tune. If after collaborating with Beyonce, you still feel like you're not popping. That sounds like a you problem, IG. That is no longer a problem for the rest of us. And Bernard also had a song with Beyonce. Where's Kid also had a song with Beyonce. Uh-uh, what do you lot want? What do you lot want? Beyonce. Beyonce came through and 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 shared her platform. What do you now want on top of that? Uh-uh. That's greedy. Amor. 
That's Oloju Kokoro. That's Oloju Kokoro now. Come on. No, but seriously, if after working with Beyonce, you still cannot keep up a momentum, I, I don't know what to say for you you know, but they were going back and forth, back and forth. And I pretty much don't know the truth behind most of it. However, what really, really disgusted me, trigger warning here, sexual assault. So you might want to skip forward. What really disgusted me was the way that both of them started throwing back and forth accusations of women that they have raped um, with names. Like, oh, he said, Burner Boy said to Shatawale, oh, but you raped this person. And Shatawale was like, oh yeah, but you raped this person. And it's so sad that this is where we've come to that like the assault that women face the violence that women face at the hands of men is just used as like a pissing contest between them back and forth when they're arguing with each other and it's so normalized and this is the problem when we say that rape culture is normalized because that means that fam all this time that you knew that this person or that person was a rapist and you were still interacting with them and you were still cool with them and you're still making music with them but then when you fall out, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and by the way, they're a rapist because that just cheapens the the severity um, or undermines the severity of that statement of of that violence. It's like you lot are cool with each other doing all of these things. Um, but you also know that the public wouldn't be cool with you doing these things. And it's like, oh well, when we're arguing, this is gonna be the card that I um, you know, that's gonna I'm gonna pull out that's gonna trump everything that you're saying. It's really disgusting and it's really disappointing. And I, I, I really feel like at some point we're going to have to have the really serious conversations about divesting from these artists that think that things like this are cool and they're OK. Like, can you not hear what you're both saying? Are you both all right? Can you not hear what you're fucking saying? Um, There's a fixed star called Argo. I think it's Algo. Algo. Um that mercury will be interacting with from around may or is it april i believe i was listening to chani nicholas um the year ahead readings and it was just interesting that she brought up um athena and medusa um when she was talking about the fixed star and how it's going to make us when mercury um stations direct and is facing it it's going to make us really think about the things that we've normalized about rape culture because we see Medusa in modern society. We see Medusa as this demon, as this thing that needs to be slain. And she was slain by, I think, by Perseus. I could be wrong. I'm just trying to um, remember everything that I kind of remember from Greek mythology and what um, she was talking about, Chani was talking about. But she was um, she was slain, Medusa was slain, her head was cut off because her head had many snakes on it. It was cut off by um, Perseus and he was praised for it, um, for killing this demon. Who turned her into a demon? Athena. Athena turned her into a demon. Athena was a pick me. Athena was created for the sole purpose of upholding patriarchy, right? Um, and she was created, they said, was it by, was it Poseidon? No, Poseidon raped Medusa, from what I understand. Um, but she was created by um, one god eating another goddess, right that's how athena was created so basically patriarchy eating up matriarchy um and so athena was created and thus athena would do the bidding of patriarchy so then upon finding out that um, medusa was raped um what happened athena 
put a curse on Medusa and first firstly with the snakes you know growing out of her head and also said that her eyes you know whenever it was fixed on anyone will turn them into stone specifically any man will turn them into stone can you not see how then the, how we weaponize the trauma that um survivors of sexual violence we we weaponize their trauma against them because the eyes are intimate right their way of um, cultivating intimacy but if she could never look at anybody and feel that intimacy lest she turn them into stone that was a curse that was put on her by another woman and the one and and it's the way that we normalize as women we normalize these things and we internalize the violence and we internalize the shame that comes from that violence as a result of that violence and we weaponize it against other women right um there's just so much there to discuss and uncover but i just when i was um listening to that i thought firstly chani nicholas you're a rascal g and it then made me go and start doing more reading into it and there was another book that i was reading about the forgotten um goth uh goddesses and it's specifically about um ajay how we call um women ajay or witches in um uh Yoruba uh culture and actually the history of the Ajie and what that means and how you know through white supremacist patriarchy through patriarchy firstly and then white supremacy and the culmination of um the two how stories historical stories historical knowledge that was garnered by the women that were called Ajie um within Yoruba uh cosmology became tainted and tarnished and twisted and it became this thing where the knowledge that they had and the libraries that they kept in the books and the, and the stories that they kept um orally as well became this thing that was twisted against them um and weaponized against them and then attributed to the men like the knowledge that they then had was then attributed to to men um so yeah there was just so much happening there but I, I come off that tangent basically to say it's just interesting to me how the violence that these men have allegedly committed um against women is a backdrop for their feud online where they're arguing with each other basically over um exposure and basically over money ultimately it's about money it's about power it's about money that's what they're focused on meanwhile the suffering that they put women through is just used as a backdrop it's just used as like uh, oh and then you did this and you like as a one-upmanship i think it's disgusting so i'm very very disappointed in um burner boy and Shatawale, I just think like that is not where it's at. Like 2022 cannot be what people are doing with that. I just think it's wild. Um, so I mentioned earlier that um cats are starting fires and trying to kill their humans, but also Alexa seems like um, you know, she wants to done a few people's dances as well. Um, I was reading a story, I'm just looking for it here, uh, from Alexa just waiting for it to load up but yep here we go it says here alexa tells a 10 year old girl to touch a live plug with penny amazon has updated its alexa voice assistant after it challenged a 10 year old girl to touch a coin to the prongs of a half inserted plug the suggestion came after the girl asked alexa for a challenge to do alexa said Plug in a phone charger about halfway into a wall outlet, then touch a penny to the exposed prongs. 
That's what the smart speaker said. Amazon said it fixed the error as soon as the company became aware of it. The girl's mother, Kristen Livedahl, described the incident on Twitter. She said, we were doing some physical challenges like laying down and rolling over, holding a shoe on your foot from a physical education teacher on YouTube earlier. Bad weather outside. So just wanted um, another one. Um, She just wanted another one. Um, That's when the Echo speaker suggested partaking in the challenge that it had found on the web. The dangerous activity known as the Penny Challenge began circulating on TikTok and other social media websites about a year ago. Metals conduct electricity and inserting them into live electrical sockets can cause electric shocks, fires and other damage. Um... I know that you can lose fingers, hands, arms. Michael Kluska, station manager at Carlisle East Fire Station, told the press newspaper in Yorkshire in 2020. The outcome from this is that someone will get seriously hurt. Fire officials in the US have also spoken out against the so-called challenge. Ms. Livedahl tweeted that she intervened yelling, no, Alexa, no. However, she said her daughter was too smart to do something like that. Amazon told the BBC in a statement that it had updated Alexa to prevent the assistant recommending such activity in the future. Um, Customers customers trust is at the centre of everything we do and Alexa is designed to provide accurate, relevant and helpful information to customers, said Amazon. Um, As soon as we became aware of this error, we took swift action to fix it. Alexa is now trying to take people out. AI, this is why AI scares me because it's just like, I know like, no, exactly. Because they're gathering their information from the internet and there are so many bad mind, evil people on the internet. And then this artificial intelligence is just absorbing all of this information and then suggesting that you do wild things. Like as much as like the internet is great and you've got it to do this and you've got it to do that. That is scary. And I, and, and I think that the um, AI are going to get together with the cats. The artificial intelligence, uh, Alexa, um, Sminsmink and Mink Mink and whatever names that the rest of the Siri, all of the girls are going to get together with the cats and they're going to finish us. And to be honest, we have no chance. We have no real chance because just in 2020, people were being taught how to wash their hands. So should the cats and the um, AI girls get together? It's uh, We're done. We're done for. We're done for. And, and that's why I shared that story to, 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 to kind of wake everybody up to the fact that they're coming for us. The, the, the AI girlies and the felines. Um, it's a concerted effort. Um, it's a targeted effort. And I don't have faith in humanity. I don't think we're that smart to be able to take on cats and um, Siri and Alexa and the girls. Um, So I just thought that I would let us know that. But yeah, I guess that that's that for So You Mad. Oh, well, um, rest in peace, Desmond Tutu, because I'd recorded the episode last week as the news came out. Um, I'd already recorded and, you know, RIP Betty White. Um, Seems like she was an unproblematic white woman fave to the masses. And so, you know, big up yourselves and I hope that you uh, have fun on the next leg of your journey. Um, Thanks for all that you've done. Anyway, so let's get to straw of the week, aka suck your mum. But before I do that, let me pick up the second of this week's show sponsors who are ExpressVPN. Going online without ExpressVPN, 
It's like using your phone without a protective case. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine. But it, all it takes is one accidental drop onto solid concrete to make you wish you had protected yourself. And that is so true. Oh, I, I was about to say, I don't think I've got a phone a screen covering on this phone, but I have. Anyway, every time you connect with an unencrypted network in cafes, hotels, airports, etc., your online data is not secured. Any hacker on the same network can gain access to and steal your personal data. That's your passwords, your financial details, all of them things there. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone, just some cheap hardware and um, a smart 12 year old could do it. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal info on the dark web. So use ExpressVPN basically because what it does is creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so hackers can't steal your sensitive data. It's super secure because it will take a hacker with a supercomputer and maybe lots of cats over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. It's easy to use, so you just fire up the app and click one button to get protected. Works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets, and more, so you can stay secure on the go. Um, I I use ExpressVPN. You know I love an ExpressVPN. Even when I told you when um, my partner was doing up the toilet and the radiator in the bathroom and put in fitting a new one. And I was at the um, apartment hotel that I was staying in with Lev, even though I was using their internet, I still had ExpressVPN on as well because um, each room has its own internet thing. Right. But even then it's not, if you stayed in one room, you'll, you'll automatically know the codes, I think for the other room. So it was just important that I was just like, Oh yeah, let me keep my ExpressVPN on. And I'm glad that I did that. So um, secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash straws. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash straws. And you can get an extra three months free. So go to expressvpn.com forward slash straws. Anyway, let's get to straw of the week, a.k.a. suck your mum. Um, this week has been a real wild one. Um, the first straw of the week, the first straw, um, and the first straw of the year goes out to the Queen's guards who were on duty, um, I think at the Tower of London and a little black boy was in their way. And one of them basically walked through the black boy, knocking him onto the ground and then stepped over him and continued marching. Um, a big suck your mum to him because, and and this is what I'm saying about tradition and the monarchy and all of that bullshit. Yeah. Because what, when, when does humanity, when does tradition and the monarchy supersede your ability to just access your own humanity? You see a little boy in your way, surely you can just take a couple steps or, or, or open, open your formation, the two of you slightly. So you miss the boy and you continue going. It wasn't an emergency. It wasn't an emergency. You and your stupid doof doof big hats that you're wearing on your head. So there was no reason to have knocked the boy over. And from what I heard, like the black boy and his family, they were tourists and it was like their first day in London or whatever. And this is my whole issue. Like I would not, I mentioned special forces earlier. And for those who have known um, me for a while, you'd know that I used to be an air cadet. And at one point I even thought, oh, I might want to join the RAF. But what I remembered was that, no, actually I'm not of service to any country. 
I'm not of service to any country. I've come here. I can live for my country, but to die for one? Oh, I don't, I don't know about that, baby. And that's what gets me about a lot of these um, military places because like, oh, we break you down to build you up. We break you down to build you up. So you are part of a team. No, no. That is the problem. And then you're no longer able to think for yourself. You have been broken. Your psyche has been broken. So you have been reprogrammed so somebody else can operate you. Nah, fam. Nah, sir. Nobody's doing that to me because I would like to be able to see a little boy in my way and to swerve and keep it moving. Oh my God, I'm going to break formation. Oh my God, I'm going to get fired. Well, I'd rather do that than to be, than to traumatize a little child like, it's just ridiculous to me, all the pomp and regalia, all of the traditions that are so draconian and antiquated. Like, this is why the monarchy needs to go. I mean, it feels like Elizabeth's already gone, but you know, like, this is why all of it needs to go because it's outdated and it's violent. You know, it's outdated and it's violent and, and it's just disgusting. And there were people who were commenting under that video of the boy being trampled and like knocked over by the guards. And they were just like, well, what was the parent looking at? They should have moved the child out of the way. Um, okay, but fine. Maybe they could have. Yeah, fine. But every year, are you lot still not giving money for Madeline McCann to be found when we already know what happened to her? What every year that money is still being pumped into finding Madeline McCann, who was um, quote unquote abducted <laughs> when she was three in 2007. We're now in 2022. And I'm sure that at one point they will announce that they put more money in towards looking for her. But you know that her parents are right fucking there, right there. Right. Allegedly. Right. All the madness. You're not, the majority of you aren't talking about, oh, well, well, what were her parents looking at? Why are we giving them money to just when we're searching for her every year? What were her parents looking at? You're not doing that because it's a little white blonde girl. You're not doing that. But this little black boy, this small little black boy getting trampled by these um, uh, Queen's guards, that's not, that's not um, an issue. Oh, but he stepped over him. He broke stride to step over him. So he could have broken stride to just move past him. He didn't need to go through him. And then people are like, oh yeah, but you know, these guards, they can't change um, their direction unless ordered to. I'm sorry, that's not my life. I rebuke such. Imagine living your life where you look like in your job, you can't change direction unless you're ordered to, but you can see that something is about to happen that doesn't need to happen. You lot are stupid fucking stupid, fucking ridiculous. You can all go suck your mothers. I think it's a stupid tradition. I think everything's stupid and, um, it sucks. It sucks. So the two guards, um, can go suck out the people who give them these orders that keep these traditions going. You lot can go suck out too. Um, and then, uh, the CDC, the center of uh, disease control in America, um, you lot can go suck out. You can suck your mothers because they've now changed the, um, regulations or the directives to be that you only have to isolate for five days if you have no symptoms, but you are, um, you've tested positive for COVID. If you tested positive for COVID, that means you're carrying the virus. So saying that, oh, they only need to stay in for five days and then they can go out. Like, do you know at which stage, they're they're at with with how contagious there are they are you don't know but you're just like yeah yeah you could just go out anyway like people this is this is showing us clearly the dangers of capitalism because people really don't give a fuck and like i said earlier that dinosaur 
um, Biden going, oh, well, I'm off. I'm off to my cabin because, you know, this all of this shit can't be dealt with at a federal level. So it can be dealt with at a state level. I'm out. Do you know how many state governors are racist as fuck? Do you know how many state governors are corrupt as fuck? And you said like, oh, well, you lot can take care of it. If things cannot be taken care of like a pandemic at a federal level, then what is the point of you being a president? Some of you don't even, most men that go for these roles, president, prime minister, whatever, you just want access to the money and um, the title because you don't actually want to do any work. You do not. But this is, you know, this is what you get when you keep doing the lesser of two evils. Oh my God, he's better than Trump. (laughs) Buy a hair, buy a tiny hair. They're just as mad as each other albeit different type titles. Oh, he's a Republican. No, he's a Democrat. You're all mad together. You're stupid together. It's just disgusting. Like even when that, uh, was it that press secretary or whoever the fuck she was, when they were like, oh, um, she said, oh, well, do you expect us to send out like, um, a test to everybody's home in the US? Yes, bitch. That's exactly what you're expected to do. You have so many billions and billions to fund war, but you do not have the sense and the finances to send people lateral flow tests to their homes. You're saying that that's not possible. Now, what's the fuck, what the fucking, what's the fucking point of you calling yourself a developed country if you can't do that? They made it sound ridiculous as if it's not being done in other countries. You say that you're the most powerful country in the world. You don't even have ATMs everywhere. Sorry, that's a that's a random gripe of mine. But you call yourself the most powerful country in the world and you can't do that. You call yourselves leaders or your president is the leader of the free world, whatever the fuck that means. And you can't provide lateral flow tests, antigen tests for people to use in their homes for free. When I say that the delusions of grandeur that are holding, that have America in a chokehold are about to be broken because you're going to see yourself for exactly what the fuck you are, which is just a, just a, 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 a little, a, I could a little frog playing dress up. That's what you are because none of this makes sense. There's nobody that's going to kiss you and turn you into a prince or a princess. You're just a frog, just useless. Well, frogs aren't useless. They're very much a part of the ecosystem. So it's an insult to uh, frogs really for which I apologize. But honestly, this is just the case of the emperor's new clothes is you're just an imperial state that's playing dress up because you don't know what the fuck you're doing and you're lying to your citizens. You're lying to them that, oh, we're the greatest country and we're this and that. You lot are suffering and style that's all it is you're sitting in the desert and you're stuff suffering in style um but that's not to say that the uk is any better because of course you know that the uk is fucked but what i'm saying is that at least the uk they don't have as lot well they do have a very wild story about being great britain and rule britannia and all this bullshit but not to the extent not to the magnitude that america has um But yeah, I just, I just really think it's wild. It's just like, oh, well, yeah, well, girl, you can get back outside. The only reason they're saying really get back outside is because they want you to go back to work or to spend money. That's literally it. Um, And then another special fuck you and suck your mum goes out to the BBC. Even though I read an article from them earlier, goes out to them and all other news publication and media outlets that decided that they were further to the... um, verdict that was reached that Ghislaine Maxwell has been found guilty of five out of six counts of, um, uh, you know, trafficking young girls, um, for sex. Um, everyone started running their stories, their wild, wild stories. Um, also before I even forget, um, a special suck out to the people who are going about, um, the cabinet or whoever the fuck goes, um, out 
the honors office that gives out these knighthoods and everything. You know what? I don't ever want to agree with Bernie Ecclestone, but when he was just like, oh, but people have been given knighthoods for no reason, although he was targeting his shady comment at Lewis Hamilton, so he can suck out for that comment to Lewis. Apart from that, it's the fact that, no, how do you, what do you mean Tony Blair and Trevor Phillips have now been knighted? What do you mean? A war criminal and um, uh, uh, an imperialist apologist have now been, and, and an Islamophobe, both of them, you're telling me that they've been knighted so knighthood sounds like a violence. Jimmy Savile was knighted. Like at this point, you're giving knighthoods to some of the most violent people in history. There are exceptions, as we know, but this somebody that needs to be smelling the Hague, as in Tony, somebody that needs to be smelling the Hague is who you're giving a knighthood to. But it's because all of these people in one way or another, you're trying to give them titles to insulate them from the fact that they are complicit in whatever Ghislaine Maxwell has in her black book. As for Trevor Phillips, you're like, <clears throat> coon's gonna coon. That's all I know. Um, but anyway, back to Ghislaine. She was convicted, gladly so, I'm glad. Um, and I hope that this means that they're coming for Prince Andrew because her black book is about to be popping. What? Um, it says here, let me just bring it up. So the verdict was rich. Was it on Thursday, December 29th? Uh, British socialite Ghislaine Maxwell has, uh, was found guilty on Wednesday of facilitating the abuse of underage girls at the hands of wealthy financier, um, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, a federal jury deliberated for five full days before finding Maxwell guilty on five of the six counts she faced, including the sex trafficking of a minor. The 60 year old who was acquitted of enticing a minor to travel with intent to engage in illegal sexual activity. Um, Epstein, a convicted sex offender, died in 2019 while in a Manhattan correctional facility throughout Throughout the trial, jurors heard from four women who accused Maxwell of luring them into Epstein's uh, lavish homes to have sex with him and other powerful men. Over three weeks, the women described how Maxwell, who dated Epstein in the 1990s, presented herself as a friendly older sister, earning their trust with gifts and shopping sprees. Two of the women testified they were 14 years old when Maxwell coaxed them um, into engaging in sexual acts with Epstein. One woman testified that Maxwell was present and even participated in some of the encounters. Jesus. Maxwell, who vehemently uh, denied playing a role in any of the abuse, faces up to 65 years behind bars, including a maximum of 40 years in prison for sex trafficking of minors. Um, the most serious counts on which she was convicted she was also convicted of conspiracy to entice a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex uh, sex acts, conspiracy to transport a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity and conspiracy to commit sex, uh, sex trafficking of minors. A sentencing date has not yet been set. Prosecutors said Maxwell's conviction was a long time coming. Uh, the road to justice has been far too long, but today justice has been done. U.S. Attorney Damian Williams said in a statement moments after the verdict, he added um, a unanimous jury has found Ghislaine Maxwell uh, guilty of one of the worst crimes imaginable, facilitating and participating in the sexual abuse of children, crimes that she committed with her longtime partner and co-conspirator Jeffrey Epstein. Um, in a case, it's a case that has captured international attention and sparked countless conspiracy theories. And there's plenty of fodder. Um, 
Maxwell and Epstein, who were a couple in the 1990s and early 2000s, uh, surrounded themselves with wealthy and powerful men, including Bill Gates and Bill Clinton. I love that those bill, those billions, those Williams were mentioned, those billionaires. I'm so glad that they were mentioned because I don't even know if uh, Bill Clinton's a billionaire. He's a millionaire. But Bill Gates. All of those names, I'm glad that they're mentioned. We also know that Prince Andrew is all in and amongst all of that stuff. And it's interesting that, like we said, um, Melinda Gates divorced um, Bill Gates prior to all of this stuff coming out because they know that the shit is crumbling. They know that the shit is crumbling and it's so serious that we really, really deep what's happening here. The monarchy's on its, it's out. I don't even want to say on its way out. It's crumbled because the past, the future, the present exists simultaneously in the in the vision i see the monarchy's done out here done and so many people are gonna go with it that's how it's crumbling so many people are going with it now that black book that she has she's gonna try and reduce her sentence but the thing is you're not smelling outside my g no matter how much you no matter how whatever kind of deal that you try to do to help with your sentencing you're not smelling outside that's you're 60 years old you're not betty white you're not going to 99 and this is a def- this is a big problem. You know, you've got 99 problems and this is one of them. You're not going anywhere and you're not seeing 99. So whatever, you, no matter how much they try to lower your sentence or whatever, whatever you get, you're still not smelling outside. So it is what it is. And, you know, a lot of these people, very, very powerful, very, very connected. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying that it should be the case. I'm not, I'm not going to, I wouldn't be surprised if she met the same um, suspicious ending as Jeffrey is all I'm saying, because she knows too much and she has that black book and it has too many names, too many people will be implicated directly, indirectly. Um, I hope it's not one of our black talk show faves. I don't know, but just lots of people knew what was going on and maybe they felt that they weren't powerful enough to say something at the time. Um, and so they tried to turn a blind eye while, while others were knowing participants, knowing participants, willing participants, and all of those people need to be taken out. But like I said, um, the BBC can go suck out the new statesman or the spectator, all of these people that wrote play, um, pieces that were like, Oh, Ghislaine, let's try to humanize her. She was the fallen favorite daughter. Ra, 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 ra. Like it almost sounds like, like you are, um, uh, what is it? Sex trafficking apologists? Very much sounds like it. And then they got Andy Dershowitz um, to come and speak as soon as the verdict was reached. They had him there. They forgot to mention on the BBC that he was actually um, Jeffrey Epstein's um, counsel. I want to say Jeffrey Epstein because that's the way it's written. Um, but they don't want to mention that he's part of his counsel or that he was part. He was his lawyer before he died. Um, and they just let him talk for two minutes straight, just running um, Virginia Jeffrey, uh, cussing her out um, or Guffrey, cussing her out, basically saying whatever he wanted to say um without being challenged nothing just given time to speak on bbc news and so you have to question like they talk about oh well we're here for the taxpayer the taxpayer is what pays for us to exist should you exist then should you exist when you're allowing things like this to happen somebody's just been convicted of a heinous crime and you've allowed the lawyer of somebody that was their co-conspirator to come and be chatting and chatting and chatting and basically trying to character assassinate one of the victims. Nah, the BBC's smelly. They now put out a statement, um, was it the next day or a few days later? And they said, oh no, the next day, they said, last night's interview with Alan Dershowitz, um, 
Alan, I said Andy maybe earlier, Alan Dershowitz, after the Glenn Maxwell verdict did not meet the BBC's editorial standards. I love that. I think it was Daily Sport that would, um, that quote tweeted or commented under and they said, it didn't even meet our editorial standards. I said, yeah, that is, that is beautiful work. When people are self-aware and publications are self-aware that they are in the dirt and in the gutter and they say that you, even you're even more in the gutter than us, that is saying a lot. Um, what did they say? Last night's interview with Alan Dershowitz did not, um, after the Glenn Maxwell verdict, did not meet the BBC's editorial standards as Mr. Dershowitz was not a suitable person to interview as an impartial analyst and we did not make the relevant background clear to our audience. We will look into how this happened. You know how it happened. The producer that allowed it to go ahead or wanted it to go ahead, the researchers or whoever that reached out to these people, the assistants, you all knew what you were doing. So don't try and act like you didn't know what you were doing. Oh, and we didn't make it clear to um, to our audience, but you knew whether you made it clear to your audience or, or, or not, you were aware of who he is and you continued. It's just disgusting behaviour. It's really, really disgusting behaviour. And at this point, I just think as broadcasters, they can't be trusted. And I also want to know how Women's Hour is going to go about running this story because surely they have to talk about it. Surely they have to talk about it. And if they're going to talk about this story, will Emma Barnett talk about her proximity to such behaviour? Will she talk about that in within her family tree? Will that be talked about? Because I'd be really interested in knowing. This is what I'm saying. Like people need to look at the crevices of themselves and the shadows and things like that before you go and start talking crap about other people that you that you're sensationalizing. What about you as an individual? How will you talk about this case? Because I saw the way that you talked about Shamima Begum and how you dismissed the trauma that she experienced. So it just seems like you've already chosen a side in this um, conversation around the violence against women and the violence against girls. But let's see how it plays out. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised, but highly, highly doubt it. Um, What is it? The Camilla Parker Bowles, uh, Camilla Blow My Back Out, she has been awarded... Um, what is it? The Queen is starting 2022 with a major honour for Camilla, Duchess of Cornwall. Buckingham Palace announced that Prince Charles's wife has been appointed to be a royal lady of the most noble order of the Garter for her services to the sovereign. I'm sure those services were gobbling that cock. Well done to you. And RIP to Diana, who had to suffer as, who suffered as um, um, a byproduct of you lot and your wildness. Um... But yeah, I guess that that's that for this week's episode of SYM. I feel like I've covered enough. Yeah, I think I've covered enough. Thank you for listening. Um, remember that you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash Okafor. You can follow at Okafor at Say Your Mind Pod. I'm not really saying anything at the moment, but might pop up time to time to drop some um, links and things like that. Remember that you can vote for me um, for Mum of the Year. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes and... Yeah, that's it. I guess thanks to Dipsy Sexy for um, sponsoring this episode. And thank you to um, ExpressVPN for also sponsoring this episode. And all of you just take care of yourselves. I've been Kalesh Yokafa. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. Anyway, I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. (laughs) 
It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sippy yo Hard time scrolling for your long trots You might learn something you never know Could let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind